Oh, come on, lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, the name of Jesus is beautiful. The name of Jesus is powerful. Come on, when nothing else would work, the name of Jesus was all powerful. It was more than sufficient. Hallelujah, somebody worship that name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for that wonderful name that by it we are saved. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands in this atmosphere here today. Come on, there is a wonderful atmosphere of God's presence here. We love you, Jesus. We glorify you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As you're turning in your Bibles, the book of Luke chapter 15. I want to say, uh, amen, how grateful we are to be home. And uh, I want to say thank you to the church for allowing my wife and I to go. We went back to my home church and uh, we're able to attend uh, Summit Conference. And man, I, I'm telling you, I'm ready to take on hell with a squirt gun. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, it was really exciting because uh, I remember a day when my home church was just like it is here. Crammed, no space, no parking, no bathrooms. And, and I was so encouraged because I looked out there and in just a short manner of time. See, God doesn't need a lot of time. He's exponential. And, and there will be a suddenly, there will be an immediate, there will be, man, there's, Sarah will be, you know, waiting 90 years, no kid, and then boom, she's got a kid. Abraham will go, and, and God just does those kinds of things. But I looked out, and I, I was shaking hands with ushers. I didn't know who they were. They had no idea who I was. And a church has almost doubled, almost tripled in, th in five years. And I thought, we're next. I said, I said, we're next. We're next. Amen. And, and uh, I, I'm just encouraged and I'm excited. And, and uh, you know, I, I said, God, if you can do it there. And listen, we were a ragtag group. Y'all are much nicer and got a lot more on the ball than we did. But I'm telling you, if God can do it there, God can do it anywhere. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, another thing, I got Brother Ray is back there and he's got a beautiful red pen. I want to say thank you to everybody for your faithfulness and giving. Uh, there's some exciting things that are happening uh, that uh, God's working on and, and we're just praying about. Uh, but our building fund is actually up closer to 170. It's, it's about 168, 169. That's almost $10,000 increase, folks. Hey, if we want to see that next building, that right there, that meter is going to go and pop through the top. Hallelujah. But thank you for your giving. And your faithfulness, and I'm telling you, it's going to happen in Jesus' name, Amen. But that's a that's a that's a big jump. We just had our our, our agreement or our pledge just a little bit ago, and thank you for your faithfulness. It's happening, folks. It's happening. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15 and verse number eight. I was in out in Spokane, and I was just kind of feeling after God and. I really feel like God spoke to me for somebody here today, and I want to do my best to help and to be a blessing. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 8. The Bible says this. 
either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not seek or doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she called her friends, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. He's asking a question. Luke 15 and 8, he says, What woman having ten pieces of silver, got a lot of money there, if she lose one piece, doesn't she light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she find it? And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject here this afternoon. Coins don't cry. Coins don't cry. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray? Come on, let's pray all across the building. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God's going for somebody here today. He's seeking diligently. He's sweeping. Hallelujah. He's lighting a candle on somebody here today to try to help and try to minister. Hallelujah. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. God, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's praise him. Let's, let's worship him. Give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, and you may be seated. Amen. I want to say welcome to all of our guests and visitors in the house of God. Coins don't cry. The introduction to this parable, or shall I say these parables, is that the Pharisees got mad at Jesus, and the publicans got mad, or I'm sorry, they, they, they drew near, publicans and the sinners drew near to Jesus, and the Pharisees got mad at Jesus because he was eating with sinners, because he was spending time with sinners, and, and there's some people that, that would get mad at Jesus for spending time with sinners. Well, they're not good enough, and they don't, they don't do X, Y, and Z right. But I've come to let you know God doesn't wait for you to get good to come to you. In fact, the Bible said Jesus was talking to a rich young ruler. Really, he was a poor young slave because he was possessed by his possessions. We'll preach about that another time. But he, he comes and he says, good master. And Jesus looks back at him and says, why do you call me good? Is he saying that? I'm not good? No. He's saying there's none good but one that is God. Is he saying I'm not God? No, that's not what he's saying. What he's telling this rich young ruler is you don't have the qualifications to determine what's good or not. The only one that can determine what's good enough or not is God. And there's a whole religious world that would say, well, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, therefore I'm good enough. And they will look down their nose and their piousness and they will see sinners that are worse than them. 
Because if you start judging good, you'll start judging your goodness and your righteousness based on everybody else's badness. Oh, let me help somebody. That's not righteousness. That's called self-righteousness. When we look at everybody else's faults and flaws and we say, well, I'm a pretty nice-looking individual. I got everything together. I've come to let you know that's not supposed to be how we are in the church. It was religious people that looked down their long noses and said, uh, these are sinners. These are good-for-nothings. These, you, you don't know the mistakes they've made, Jesus. You don't know the failures and the flaws. and You don't know, oh, you know, I saw Brother So-and-so, and I saw that individual. I know what they did, and I know who they were with. And, and you got to be careful of that kind of attitude getting into church. Amen. And, and, and they got mad at him that he was still trying to talk with them. I love Jesus. I love Jesus because... He doesn't, just, he doesn't just grab a meal and commune with me when I've got everything together. He's the one that feeds me when I'm hungry. He's the one that gives me water when I'm thirsty. He's the one that comes to me at the point of my worst mistake. And he's the one that loves me in spite of me. Hallelujah. But they got mad at him. They said, this man receiveth sinners and eats with them. Everybody's talking about receiving Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. They missed that verse right there. Jesus received them. <laughs> he receives you as his, 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 his sinner, his personal sinner. Hallelujah. But, but they saw that. They got mad about it. And Jesus begins telling them three parables. And it is in these three parables he's trying to get across several, uh, he's trying to get across to several different things. First, he starts talking about a sheep. And he says, which of you? trying to put them in the, in, the, in the position of a shepherd. He's trying to let them know, I'm the good shepherd. See, some of you, he's talking to the Pharisees, he's saying, you wouldn't be very good shepherds. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He said, a hireling won't do that, and that's what he's looking at. He's trying to let them know, uh, which of you, if you were a shepherd, uh, having, having 100 sheep and, 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 and one of them goes astray, which of you uh, would, would not go after him? And he's looking at them, and, and I'm sure there's some there that, that with the same mentality they had with Jesus and the sinners would look back at him and say, well, actually, I probably wouldn't go after the one, and I, I probably wouldn't do that. But Jesus is trying to prove a point. I'm not like you. I'm not like the religious world. I don't, I don't just leave the one. I don't forget about people even when they wander. I don't give up on people even when they go astray. Because the Bible says we've all gone astray. We're like sheep and we've gone out of the way. Every man's gone his own direction. Jesus is trying to draw their attention back to the prophet Isaiah. We're all like sheep. We've gone astray. And he says, which of you having a sheep would not go after the one that is lost and until you find it? You'll find that this sheep is lost he is, he is, he is, uh, sheep are, are, are very dumb creatures. It's funny that we are, we are related as, as God's people as sheep. But hey, don't feel bad. We're in good company. Jesus is, is a sheep. He's the lamb of God. He went before the shears as he was, as if he were dumb, unable to speak. And so, uh, and, and that's what some people be. Well, you're, you're just a bunch of sheep and the devil will try to use that as a negative. That's a positive because if I'm a sheep, I've got a shepherd. Hallelujah. If. If I'm a goat, I do my own thing. I will dig and I will chew on things I should never chew on. And I, I'll eat anything. I'll eat garbage if I have to. But I thank God to be a sheep because i got a shepherd in my life. 
David said, the Lord is my shepherd. See, that's the, that's the problem with some folks. They don't have a shepherd because they're so busy trying to do their own thing and go their own way. But, but, but this, this sheep is not like the goat doing it intentionally. He wanders. He just, he's just doing what sheep do. He wanders into the wilderness. He wanders into another field. And I, I just got to stop here for a moment and tell you, I've, I've met enough people in, in my years of living for God and teaching Bible studies and, and preaching to people. Uh, there's been some folks that have said, well, I'm just going to go off to another field because I ain't being fed around here. And, and really, that's just an excuse to be somewhere without offense. I'm... I'm not talking about offense. I'm talking about a fence where there's no shepherd watching over an individual. I watch people in my home church that my pastor would tell them, I don't know if you, you really should do that or go there. And they look right back at him and say, well, I ain't being fed around here. And they wander out. And I promise it didn't take but a few moments. They got out there and they realized the grass isn't always greener on the other side. See, because on this side of the fence, I don't have wolves and I don't have coyotes and I don't have other things that are trying to eat away at my sustenance. Out here in this fence, it might look like a prison, but it's a defense. And I am being, I am being defended by my shepherd. And they get out there in that field and they are trying to figure out, how did I get all the way out here? I thought, I thought the grass was going to be greener on this side. I thought things were going to be going better for me. I thought I'd be more blessed, but now I, I'm not in a green pasture that's watered by the shepherd. I, I'm not laying down in the protection of my brothers and sisters. I, I might have felt like I was unique in the hundred, but now I'm all alone by myself. And I've wandered all the way out here. And that little sheep begins to bah, bah, bah. Because it realized it made a mistake. It realized it, it got out there. And I promise you, not everybody does things based out of rebellion. They're just trying to do things because they're trying to find their way in this world. And you got to give people a little grace and a little mercy to try to find their place in this world and to find their way in this world. And, and this sheep is just trying to find its next meal. It's just trying to get a little sustenance in its system. It's just trying to get a little water. I don't know what drew it all the way out, but it left the nice field that the, the shepherd had it left the nice water troughs and it left all of its friends behind and now it realizes I'm a lost and I'm alone and it begins to cry out and you fast forward and you see him tell the story of what we call the prodigal son and I don't have time to talk about this we'll talk about it another time but the father never called him a prodigal it was his brother it was the brother that never left and I, I'm telling you, if there's one brother that needs to leave the father's house, it's that brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the brother that says, what's, what's he coming back for? Did you know he's, he said, he said, tells the father, he goes, your son. In other words, he wants to disconnect himself from relationship and say, because your brother's messed up, he's not my brother. Hey, listen, everybody makes mistakes. Receive them back. Let me say that again and put it in the bones of ARC. I don't care what kind of mistakes they make. You're welcome to come home. I don't care if they talked about you, lied about you, stole from you, smeared your name in the mud, made your father look like a fool. You say, welcome home to the father's house. We be brethren. 
Oh, somebody ought to shout on that because such were some of us. We were lost. We were undone. We made mistakes, and we made it up in our mind. I'm going back to my father's house. Oh, somebody praise him. And I love the father because the father comes by and says, this thy brother. He says, your son's a prodigal. And he says, this thy brother was lost, but now is found. See, the father's always talking about what you were. And the son and the brother's trying to say what you are. But I've come to let you know that, that the father doesn't look at your past as being a, a present condition. He says, that's what you were, but that's not who you are. I know you've done this and I know you've done that, but you're still my child. You're still my daughter. You're still my son. you still got an inheritance. I know you spent a lot. I know you wasted it all, but you still got breath in your body. You still got royal blood running through your veins. You're still part of the Father's house. And that prodigal son, as we call him, goes out into the world. He says, Father, give me Give me my inheritance. And inheritance happens when somebody dies. He said, Dad, you're as good as dead to me. Give me what's mine. I don't even, he, he said, I want a relationship to be dead. And there's people that will do that. They'll look at God, they'll say, this relationship is over. I don't know what happened in the house. I don't know if the father told him something he didn't like. I don't know if, if the father was so busy working the field that he felt like he was neglected. I don't know what the situation was. Maybe they got into an argument. Maybe they got into a fight. You know how boys and their dads are. Huh? I, I, I remember times uh, where my father and I would get into physical fights, and, and it just was always butting heads on differences of opinions. Huh? One is the man of the house, and the other one wants to be the man of the house. And, and there's an argument, there's a fight, and he makes it up in his mine give me what's mine I'm out of here and the Bible says he goes into a far country he goes out into the world and he begins to spend all that he has because there's some people that are like the sheep they wander into another field really not maliciously it's a wandering and then there's others that intentionally go out into the world and they intentionally go out into the world so they can let loose and they can let go and they can do whatever they want. And there's people that will come into the church that, that, that they are just like that and God is reaching for them. I want you to know God's reaching for them. But the Bible says he's in the pig's pen and he would have feigned to eat of even the husks of corn that the swine did eat. He would have rather just had the tamale wrapper than the tamale. You know, when you're in a pig pen, you'll eat anything. You'll eat anything. You're hungry, you'll eat anything. You'll watch anything. You'll go anywhere. When you're hungry, hey, that's why the Bible says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. Which means the same is true also if you hunger and thirst after unrighteousness. There's a filling there too. So we got to make sure our hunger is right. And amen. Hallelujah. But, but he's there in the pig pen. The Bible says he came to himself. So people need to come to themselves and just have a moment of reflection. And he thinks, i got to go home. Even the slaves in my father's house have more than I do. Even the people that I used to walk past and look down on, they've got more than me. And he begins to cry out to himself, i got to get back to my father's house. And no doubt he begins to cry. I'm tired of the pigs. I'm tired of the dirt. I'm tired of the mud. I'm tired of all of this around me. I'm tired of the stench of the pig pen. And he cried out. 
But in the middle of all of this, Jesus is reaching for the wanderer. Jesus is reaching for the, the backslider. He's reaching for the one that, that has gone his own way. Really, in that parable, he's reaching for the Gentile as much as he is for the Jew. And there, in the middle of it, he begins to talk about a coin, a piece of silver. He said, there's 99, there's 100 sheep, and there's just one lost. He's just 1% lost. Then there's a son. He's all the way out there, 100%. It goes, but then there's 10 silver pieces. There's 10 coins, and there's one missing. See, you've got to understand, we read that, and we just think, okay, a tenth. And our mind doesn't go very far. But the Jews understood that concept very well. They understood that's the tithe. That's the first tenth. He un- they understood that this, this man has lost uh, his, he's, this woman has lost her tithe. Uh, she's lost what belongs to God. I'm going to preach to somebody. She lost what belongs to the Lord. And I've come to preach to you. She didn't lose it out in the field in somebody else's wilderness. She didn't lose it all the way out in the pig's pen. But the Bible says she lost it while she was still in the house. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? It's possible to be in church here today and still be lost. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't wandered and I haven't ran. But it's possible to be sitting here today inside of the church, sitting on a pew, and the Father's walking around and looking. Where are you at? I can't find you. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm sitting in this chair. I'm sitting in this pew. I've never left. I've never wandered. I've never gone anywhere. And yet, still lost in the house. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. I come to help somebody. I've come to help somebody in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lost doesn't mean you've gone out and sinned. Doesn't mean you've done wrong. You're still in the house. You're still in the house. Doesn't mean you've gone out and done all sorts of mistakes. No, you're in the house. You're in the house. And in fact, you're the tenth. You're the tenth. You belong to God. You belong to God. You belong to the house. This coin gets lost. But I want to tell you, there is a danger with being a coin. Sheep can cry. People can cry. But coins don't cry. Coins don't make a sound. And it's possible to miss them. Hallelujah. Let me just preach to myself for a moment. I've been saved long enough to know there's people that have sat on pews for years and years and years. And preachers have come by and passed their chair more than once. And preachers have come by and passed by them in the altar more than once. You know why? Because they were going for the one that was crying out. And they were going for the one with tears streaming down their face. 
And they were going after the one that was making a sound. Uh, and there, uh, that saint stood there, uh, amen, as, as an inanimate object, uh, unmovable, unchanging. Uh, facial expression didn't change. Uh, and it wasn't, uh, they must have thought, no, uh, they're doing just fine. Uh, no, uh, they're doing okay. Uh, everything's all right in their world. Uh, but I've come to let you know uh, that there is a householder in this building uh, that says, where's my uh, coin at? Where's my tenth at? Where's Where's, where's my silver piece at? Where's my, oh, come on, somebody. Somebody worship him. Lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands and pray. Oh, come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, listen, if you're visiting here today, I want you to come back. We'd love to have you. And we spend most of our time, in fact, we spend, I'd say, two-thirds of our parables, two-thirds of our times. We go after the lost, and we go after those that are coming into the church, that, that, that they're on drugs, and they've got addictions and compulsions, and we spend two-thirds of our time, every service, preaching people out of sin, preaching people out of prison, preaching shackles off their hands. But I've come to let somebody know that there's still a householder in his church that is looking for the one coin. He's looking for the one saint. He's looking for the... Hallelujah. I've come to preach to ARC here today that there are people in the church that are lost right now. I'm not talking about lost in sin. Maybe lost in purpose. Maybe lost to yourself. Maybe lost under a pew. And I've come to preach to you that though you never cry out, there is a householder that is searching. He'll turn over every pew. He'll flip every chair. He'll turn on every light. He'll sweep the floor. Oh, somebody pray. Oh, come on, let's pray. I didn't come to preach long here today. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Let me just preach about these coins for a moment. These coins provide value to the house. But the coin has also the ability to bless the house. No part of the coin takes. No. See, when you talk about the sheep, they got to be taken care of and fed at all times. They got to be led by still waters. They got to be led in the paths of righteousness. There's always got to be somebody with a rod and a staff. Those are those are not those beautiful uh, things we think of. They're correction. They're instruction. That, that's the shepherd's way of defending from wolves, but at the same time, hitting the sheep on the tail end. Uh, they've got to have dogs, uh, the shepherd dogs that are biting at their heels uh, to try to get them to go in the right direction. Uh, they, they always need to have somebody paying attention uh, and watching out for them. There's people like that. Uh, and there's also people like the son uh, that they come uh, and they just take everything and then they take off. They get the Holy Ghost and they get blessed. They get a new job and they take off with their blessing and they take off with their inheritance. There's people like that. Some of y'all might be related to some folks like that. You might have been married to somebody like that before. I've come to let you know they take, take, take and then they take off. But I didn't come to preach for that group. I've come to preach about the value of the coin. 
I've come to preach about the piece of silver. I've come to preach about the tenth that blesses, the tenth that's got value, the tenth that gives. The t- it has value, and it's in the house. But I'll tell you right now, if it's lost in the house, its value is lost to the householder. I'll preach. Still talented, but lost in the house. Still anointed, but lost in the house. Still gifted, but lost in the house. Still blessed, but lost in the house. And, and there's still value. If I hide a $20 bill in an Easter egg and throw it around somewhere, I've come to let you know it's still worth $20. But that $20 doesn't do the householder much good if he can't find it. That $20 doesn't do a whole lot of good to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords if it's lost in the house. I'm not preaching to the group that always has to be taken care of and force-fed and led. And those that have taken off, we do that two-thirds of the time. But I've come to preach to the coins in the house. There are valuable people at Apostolic Revival Center. I'll say it again. There are valuable people at Apostolic Revival Center. Does that mean you got a lot of money in the bank? No. Does that mean you got the right bloodline? No. But you were bought with a price and you are not your own. Value is not dependent on who you are. It's dependent on who he is and what he's done for you. In fact, Jesus said this. They said, do we pay taxes to Caesar? He says, give me a penny. Give me a penny. And he grabs that penny and says, Whose image and superscription is on this penny? Whose image and name is written on this coin? You want to know where your value is found? Not based on who you follow on Instagram. Not based on how many followers you have and how many likes and how whether people reposted anything. It does, that's not where your value is found. Jesus said, I base value of this coin on the image it bears. Oh, come on, I'm a preacher. For we were made in the image of God. He was the firstborn among many brethren. He is the image of the invisible God. I've come to preach somebody. Your value is based on his image. Your value is based on. But then he said, whose name? Don't you know that when you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ? You took the name that your parents gave you and you removed it and you took the name of Jesus. You took a sinner and you removed it and you put on the name of Saint. Failure to success. Broken to bless. You took... You put the name of Jesus. You're lost, but now you're found. You're blind, but now you see. You have value. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. Come on, church. Let's pray. Everybody's got value in the house. Everybody's got value in the house. Your coins in the hands of the householder. Your coins in the hands of the master. You got value. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray.
Oh, Jesus. I feel him. I got a lot of preach, but we're good. Let's pray right now. You got value. You got value. You got value. And it's based on his name. It's based on his image. It's based on his sacrifice. You're a coin. There's people of value. I don't exactly know who I'm preaching to today. Because coins don't cry. You could be playing. Oh, now, Brother Troy, you're a great man. You could be playing those drums and not crying. I don't know. But the householder does. See, the householder recognized something was missing. The householder recognized something of value is no longer in my hands. So, it didn't go. It didn't go out into the world. It didn't leave the church. It just left my hand. It just left proximity. I've come to preach to somebody. You can be lost, and all you lost was proximity. All you lost was the touch. All you lost was the closeness. All you lost was feeling. All you, oh, come on. All you lost was lost was the blessed hand of God that had you. That householder realizes what's lost. He said, which of you? Let me tell you about the kind of householder God is. God's not the kind of householder that goes, well, at least I got nine. He always goes for the tenth. <laughs> I said he always goes for the tenth because that tenth is, the Bible says, holy to the Lord. I know we like to talk about that when we talk about giving in church. No, I've come to talk about that when he looks at his people, just like Levi. He said, Levi, you're my tithe. I'm your inheritance. Levi, you're my people. You're my ministers. You're and what I bless is yours. And what I bless. And he looks at that coin. And that, I don't know if that woman had been to church that week, but she recognized this belongs to God. This is, this is something God uses. This is something God blesses. This is something God anoints. I, I gotta get it. She didn't, she didn't just forget about it. No, because. Sometimes the most anointed people are the ones that are lost in the house. You preach the best message, but you're lost in the house. You, you sing the best, but you're lost in the house. You give the most, but you're lost in the house. You give of your time, of your energy, of your money. You got value you provide to the house, and yet you're lost in the house. Let's pray. Oh, I came to minister to somebody. There's people that are receiving it right now. There's people that are receiving it right now. There's people that are praying right now. Oh, come on. Oh, Jesus. Come on. God didn't allow you to be in this house so you could be lost in the house. No, he said you got to be in the master's hand. You got to be you got to be spendable. You got you got to be usable. That householder said, turn on every candle. Hey, these candles that are burning are not as valuable as that coin. And I'll tell you right now, candles in the Bible are always indicative of preaching. And I've come to let you know, I will spend, spend, spend. I'll give every energy I got to the last drop of anointing, to the last drop of oil. I will burn for Jesus until every coin in the house is found. Burn me down to where there's no wick left, but I'm going to find that coin.
And you better thank God for every time he ever sent you a preacher that shined that light and illuminated that word and said, come. I thank God for every time I was lost in the house and the preacher came. Come on, let's pray. Lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your voice. I'm preaching to somebody, but God sent me. He lit me on fire. He sent me into the house. He said, you go and flip over every chair, light under every dark place until you find what's mine. She swept the house. She started moving things around. You want to know why sometimes we have such powerful moving services? I know it doesn't happen all the time. Some people get discouraged when it doesn't happen. I'll tell you why it does happen. He's looking for a coin. Some people forgot what it was when they first came to church. And so when you first came to church, it'd be one song that the rest of us don't like, and you still would have moved. And sometimes God's got to move the chairs around and God's got to move in a mighty way because he's trying to reach the coin. He's trying to reach the person that's unmoved, unshaken. And don't look for every service to be a blow up and a shout out. When he does it, he's reaching for a coin. God will move mountains to find you. But sometimes all he does is look under the pew. He said, God will move mountains to find you. Sometimes all he's got to do is move you out of your pew. Shake up your pew. Send a preacher and bring that illumination over and say, I'm looking for that coin. And when that light hits a coin, let me tell you about when that light hits some silver, it reflects back may not be able to cry but it can reflect back and say that's the anointing I'm used to that's the call I'm used to that's the preaching I'm used let this preacher shine your direction so God can find you let this preacher preach where God can reach you where God can find you let's stand all across the building Somebody pray. Come on, I'm preaching the coins here today. I ain't preaching the prodigal sons and wandering sheep. No, you're in the house. You're in the house. You're playing in the band. You're singing in the choir. You're singing in the, oh, come on. Come on. You're working with people. You're teaching people. You're reaching for people. You're the coin. Last but not least, this householder flips over every chair, sweeps up everything. I don't care what I got to move around. I'll preach. You may not like it. I'll preach whatever. I'll move around. Well, I'll, I'll move your golden calf around if I have to, uh, if I can reach that coin. I'll get rid of other people's golden calves out of the church if I can find the coin. 
if I can find the Ruth in the field, if I can... If I can find the person that's wanting uh, to bring value to God's kingdom, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll move this around and I'll, I'll move that around and I'll preach this and shine here, shine there. Let this person get offended about what I'm saying because I'm looking for this one over here. And the Bible says that the householder seeks diligently till he gets tired, till he gets done hearing the preacher preach. No. Seeks diligently until she finds it. Because we're serving a God that never gives up. Let me help somebody. He doesn't, well, we like to say that, brother. I know you're addicted to meth right now. He'll never give up working on you. Coin, you've not read your Bible in a month, but he hasn't given up on you either. The value is not being usable right now. Because, you know, I just don't know about that. But he never gave up on you either. You got value in the kingdom of God. And he will not stop. He will not quit. He'll preach and preach and preach until you found. He'll move and move and move until you found. He'll move out of here. He'll move over there. Because he wants to get that coin back. And when he finds it, and when she finds it, she says, let's have a party. Hey, we don't just have parties for sinners praying through. We have parties when saints say, I want to be valuable in his kingdom. I don't want to just be in the house. I want to provide value in the house. Lift up your hands. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. God spoke to me very clearly this week to help somebody at ARC. Come on. Come on. But I don't see the value because I'm in the dark right now. I don't feel the value because I'm hidden right now. I can't cry out because I feel like I'm just made of silver. I just feel like I don't feel anything right now. It's cold where I am. He never gives up. I want to invite you to this altar here today. This is an opportunity for every individual to place your life back in the hand of the householder to put your family back in the hand of the householder value is only valuable in the hand of the householder it's only valuable when he can spend you it's only valuable when he can use you it's only valuable when he can take you and move you where he wants somebody pray pray somebody pray he's not giving up on you either he's not giving up on you either sir brother ma'am he is not giving up on you somebody pray you may not be able to cry but reflect with this preaching reflect with this preaching 
God, it's me. It's me. It's me. The preacher may not see it. I may not feel it, but you see it. You feel it. You're reflecting it. Somebody, there's a sovereign move of God here. You got value in God's kingdom. The devil would like you to stay where you are, but you're reflecting on this. You're reflecting on this word. You're reflecting on this preaching. Sure. 